Hey, and welcome to Game Talk. I'm your host, Amit Mion. Today, I'm joined by Connor. Hey, guys. Mike. Hey, hello. And I apologize there for missing a week. Plenty of stuff happened while we were gone. So why don't we just jump into maybe the biggest topic here. Uh, certainly the one that's gotten the most uh, social media interaction. And that's the leak of virtually the entire Last of Us Part 2 story. So let, let me just pause right here and say that in no way, shape, or form are we going to spoil the Last of Us Part Two on this show. I myself am very averse to spoilers for that game. Uh, it's it's a release I'm very much looking forward to and taking as many reasonable measures as I can to avoid spoilers. But I know Connor, you've looked at the spoilers because that's it's not that big of a deal to you. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I think the bigger story around this is uh, initially it was reported that. Uh, a disgruntled employee uh, leaked essentially all of the cutscenes to the game. And there was a claim going around that the uh, Naughty Dog employees weren't getting paid and being forced to work um, remotely due to the coronavirus and all. And and that and that news sort of percolated for a while. But then uh, Jason Schreier, uh, number one games journalist by my estimation, he... He did some digging, and it, it appears that um, the leaker was not an employee. Rather, it was it was a hacker who got a hold of some old, uh, I think, game code for Naughty Dog and was somehow able to get credentials from those. Yeah, the way I read it was that just because everybody was working from home, stuff was way less secure. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I do think it's it's very unfortunate that this happened. Obviously, this is probably Sony's flagship title for PlayStation 4, I would say. Uh, I, I honestly think it's going to affect sales, because uh, people are not... I, I know you've avoided everything. Do, do you mind me talking about like people's opinions of it? Uh, I, I'd actually even want to avoid that, too. Okay, I will... I will. I think but it's it, going to affect sales, though, because people know the story now, and, like, that's what people play The Last of Us for. So, but here's the thing, though, like, I know people know the story, the the, the people who chose to look know the story, right? But, like, the thing is, the only people that would care about a leak like this, I think, are enthusiasts like us, and we know that enthusiasts like us don't make up the bulk of the sales of most games. That's true. So, I think... In the large scheme of things, yes, this might reduce the sales a little bit, but I think the amount will be negligible compared to the wide gaming populace. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And I think this whole debacle sheds light on another thing in which, like, I think it's so easy, and obviously this is a larger problem outside of games, but fake news is so prevalent now, like... Everyone yeah, this is the first thing that's ever really gotten me, but I yeah. I totally, like, I think just because it's so believable in the industry, but I 100% yes. believed that no, Naughty did, Dog I would be too. bad to their employees. Yeah, and and obviously we know Naughty Dog has problems related to crunch, and obviously that's inexcusable, but uh, that being said, like, I, I totally believe this news out of Naughty Dog too, and it was very disappointing to me, especially as someone who looks up to that studio. And, yeah, it's uh, like your dream studio to work for, isn't it? Yeah, in an ideal world, yes. But 
it, it, it's shocking to me that like th- that news percolated and everyone believed it. Even uh, Jason Schreier, at first he he didn't bat an eye. He he was behind that 100%. Only after he did some digging, he found out that that was completely false. It's just it, it's amazing. Uh, like in even in, it could have been the case that like an employee from Naughty Dog could have spoken up because obviously, you know. Well, I guess they wouldn't have known one of their coworkers might have worked, leaked it or something. But like, it's just shocking to me that this news story got so far before finally being corrected. And Sony did put out a statement that they identified the individuals responsible and appropriate action uh, was being taken. Which, yeah, I I shudder to think what might happen to them, honestly. Yeah, it's hard to say because, um, I mean, yeah, the hack. Uh, it's not as cut and dry as, like, breaking an NDA, you know? I mean, obviously it was illegal, but I don't know what happens to you when you hack somebody's servers and leak cutscenes. Like, I, I imagine, like, especially, especially for something as valuable to Sony as The Last of Us and Naughty Dog, I imagine the response will be absolutely brutal. And, of course, we won't know about it, or that's not really the focus here, but, like... I, I do imagine that it will be pretty a, as severe as the laws will permit it to be. Yeah, we we joke about Nintendo assassins. If if ever Sony had assassins, this is this would be what they yeah. were trained to take care of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the game's uh, actually just gone gold. Um, that was announced a few days ago. So I'm very happy with that. I'm I was holding off on like pre-ordering or like scheduling time off of work because i do plan on doing that by the way but um i was holding off on that because i was always in the back of my mind thinking yeah this game might get delayed again as naughty dog games infamously always get delayed and especially with you know the whole work from home situation due to the coronavirus slowing things down but i'm pleased to see that it's gone gold which means essentially it's it's finished and uh it will be in our hands uh next month and that is very exciting to me and hopefully uh, I won't get spoiled between now and then. I think you can make it a month. I didn't think it – I, for some reason, had it in my head that it didn't come out until November. And I was like, ah, Hammond's not going to make it. No, it's it's a summer game. So th- that's another interesting thing, too. So Sony, uh, a couple weeks ago now, I think, they put out um, the release date for The Last of Us Part Two, as well as the release date for Ghost of Tsushima, which I think is just coming out a month after Last of Us. So that's basically all of their – notable i think first party games releasing on ps4 and now i think all that's left for the fall now is ps5 releases if there are any first party games hmm. yeah we don't know a ton about the launch lineup of the ps5 yet no we don't well i i think that's a pretty good segue we do have confirmation now that um the new assassin's creed assassin's creed valhalla is going to be a launch next gen console game Oh, uh, so, see, I didn't watch that trailer yet, so that's actually news to me. I haven't watched the trailer, but um, because it wasn't a gameplay trailer, so I instantly lost all interest. Yeah, I don't really care about it. Uh, yeah, CGI. I, I hate CGI video game trailers. Yeah, they're kind they of a waste nothing of time. For me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <clears throat> but I do think it's exciting. It's it's a nice parallel to the launch of this generation, in which we had a cross-gen Assassin's Creed title. We had Black Flag out. On PS4, Xbox One, as well as PS3, 360, we're gonna see game. a similar. Yeah, Black Flag is excellent. I think it's still probably my favorite Assassin's Creed game. It's definitely mine. 
Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see something similar happen with Valhalla. And I, while I don't think it's going to be, you know, obviously it's a cross-gen game, so it's just going to be like a souped-up, like maybe 4K60 uh, version of that game. But I, but I am excited to get my hands on it, despite it probably not like making full use of the potential of the new consoles. <clears throat> yeah, if I pick it up, I'll probably get it on PC because, uh, you know, I doubt there'll be like ray tracing in it and stuff. Yeah, well, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? So, like, we we've seen with ge- this generation uh, the rise of like PC like configuration on console games like for instance you could optimize frame rate or resolution i wonder if there will be a third option going to next gen for consoles at least to optimize for ray tracing to like turn ray tracing on but that you know locks your game at 30 frames and like 1080p or something like that i really doubt it i uh i just don't think the mainstream gamer wants that enthusiasts do and then enthusiasts build a pc like i don't think the mainstream gamer wants to have to pick you know but do you well can you make that argument for the frame rate versus resolution because that absolutely became a standard in games this generation yeah i mean when it's just two options like that you know it's it's not confusing but i would also argue that to at least someone mainstream who isn't an enthusiast who doesn't read up on this who you know just plays casually i think ray tracing is a lot more noticeable than a resolution bump even yeah i agree even a frame rate increase i would argue yeah i don't know about that but uh well depends i mean you'd be surprised i've talked to so many people who say they can't tell the the difference between 30 and 60 fps and obviously to people like us that sounds ridiculous but that sounds i could tell the difference between 60 and 144 (laughs) like yeah yeah, i I can but it's a lot smaller than the difference between 30 and uh 30 and 60 is like night and day absolutely yeah yeah, people i mean people don't care a lot of the time but i yeah i i really doubt it'll be standard you know some games might do it but i think most developers want to deliver a tailored console experience and having or not having ray tracing is a far more significant difference than being in 4k or being you know high frame rate like the difference there is kind of surface level but the difference ray tracing can make is much deeper i think yeah that's a good argument like too. It, like it kind of can change the whole aesthetic of your level true yeah that you're designing like if you if you expect flawless <laughs> reflection somewhere and then the player doesn't get that then they're not getting your vision you know yeah whereas the different you know somebody seeing it in 1080p versus somebody seeing it in 4k you know maybe it's a compromised version of your vision but it's still very close yeah, it, it's it's yeah, that's a that's a solid argument that I really wasn't thinking of too much. So now in my mind, it could go either way. I'm not really sure which way it'll go. Yeah, it'll be I, interesting I mean, I think see. some games will do it like, you know, it makes sense for some games to have that option. Like, I think it'd be stupid for most shooters to not have a high frame rate option, you know? Oh, yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. And fighting uh, games, you know? Yeah, but uh, it, it most like, you know, single player shooters, even like stuff where it matters less. I doubt you'll have the option. Yeah. But just going back to Assassin's Creed for a sec, does the setting for this one do anything for you guys? No more than Vikings. um Egypt and uh Greece did. I, you know, I I am interested in all of those. I just I don't know, Assassin's Creed's kind of lost me recently. They 
they spent a bunch of time making terrible games that were in settings I was super interested in. Like, I really wanted to play the Unity. one that took place in... Uh, I think Syndicate was the one I wanted to play. The Syndicate one in, was London. Yeah, that was the one I I really was interested in Syndicate, but I never played it because I heard it was terrible. Yes. I don't know. I've heard mixed opinions, but Syndicate was personally to me my least favorite Assassin's Creed game. Like, I just did not care at all by the end of that game. That was just um, a setting I was interested in. Like, that's a time in history I'm super interested in. Yeah. Viking do... history doesn't, like, it's a cool setting. The history doesn't interest me a ton, but, like, obviously it sets up a ton of cool potential set pieces and stuff that I'm sure will be amazing. So I think Vikings are interesting for a couple of reasons. One, uh, I think just when you hear a Viking, you think dude on a boat, right? So I, I imagine this game will have uh, fleshed out naval combat to the tune of Black Flag a little bit, right? I mean, Obviously, didn't, didn't the, the Odyssey naval... have that? Didn't, uh... It did, yeah, it did. And Origins did too, I think. Like they, That's been a staple of the series uh, pretty much since Black Origins Flag. had a very dumbed-down version, but Odyssey pretty much had the same oh, okay. mechanics as... Um, black flag It'd be interesting to see if um valhalla iterates on it at all because uh Ashaif ismail is the director of this game and he was the director for black flag uh, uh so that's another that's, yeah. exciting uh bit of news to me yeah yeah i'm and excited just, for that location honestly i yes. i kind of wanted like <clears throat> like I, I was talking to you guys about the other two assassin's creed games the new ones and like i really feel like there's a giant divide between like pre-origin and post-origins absolutely it, it becomes an entirely different game by my estimation and i've never played a new assassin's creed i haven't played either of those and i didn't end up picking it up i don't know if it's still on sale because it's just such a huge time commitment for me and yeah. like i i see the rpg mechanics turn me off a little bit like i just i don't know if i'm ready to dive into a game for hundreds of hours like that yeah there there's there not what they used to be for sure. Definitely more along the lines of sprawling RPG, like think The Witcher. Yeah, um, that's that's kind of the vibe I get, and I I haven't picked up The Witcher yet either, even though I really like the Netflix series because I'm just intimidated by the size like, of the game, yeah. kind of. Like I, oh, it, 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 it's, it's games have to hit like a weird sweet spot for me. Like I didn't pick up Resident Evil Three because I thought, uh, that game looks awfully short, but I won't pick up Assassin's Creed because it looks too long. I don't know. There's something to be said about I think. Like, if a game is good enough, it doesn't matter to me whether it's short or, short or long or whatever. But if yeah, it's just, like, pretty good, th- then it's more of a factor, I think. Yeah, I watched somebody do a Let's Play of uh, Resident Evil, and I kind of wish I had bought it, because it looks really good. Yeah, I, I still have to play 3. 2 is excellent. Yeah, that's what I've heard, and I haven't seen any of 2, so I may just pick that up. Yeah. Um, but uh, the point I was getting at, the second thing I really think is going to be cool about Vikings um, for Valhalla is the the mythical aspect of it, right? So, like, starting with Origins, like, I don't know if you know this, Connor, but Assassin's Creed leaned heavily into, like, mythology actually being a part of the game. So, like, like it's not strictly 100% realistic anymore. Like, you're actually fighting, like, the that mythos' gods and stuff in the game. Oh, really? Yeah, See, there so was always like, a little bit of magic and stuff to it, like with the Apple of Eden and stuff. But. Right. I mean, they, they definitely take that to the extremes in what I'll call the new Assassin's Creed. So, like, it won't surprise me at all if in Assassin's Creed Valhalla we're fighting, like, Thor and Odin and stuff like that. And that's I always, actually selling me on Origins more than anything. If I get to fight Anubis, that's really attractive. Yeah, yeah. It, or it, work for Anubis. Anubis has Egyptian gods, Odyssey has Greek gods, uh, and... This is going to have Norse gods, and I think that's pretty exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. 
Um, but yeah, speaking of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, that is one of the few launch titles we know. Uh, I suspect uh, uh, Cyberpunk is also going to be a launch title for next-gen consoles. Yeah, uh, it, it's coming out beforehand, I think. But like, I think it's almost a no-brainer at this point. That game has to come out on next-gen consoles as well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and uh, we know Halo Infinite. Uh, I think Microsoft just put out a release recently. They said Halo Infinite's still on target for like this year. So that's exciting as well. Yeah. And just. Uh, Speaking of Microsoft, you know, their event is tomorrow, actually. Their event showing off, I think, third parties for the Series X. I'm very much looking forward to that. Because right now we have a completely... We only have, like, a few of the puzzle pieces in terms of what games we can expect this fall. But, like, I think, obviously, third party is a huge, like, 70% of that puzzle. And a lot of that's going to get filled in uh, tomorrow, I think. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, to see because I feel like third party Microsoft just doesn't have a ton of first party that interests me. But seeing what third parties are doing, and uh, I think maybe we'll even see soon like some of the Xbox Series X versus PlayStation Five. Like, do developers actually think they can squeeze more out of the PS5 than the Series X? Because I, you know, next gen apparently reportedly. The Mass Effect trilogy is getting an HD relaunch. I saw that too. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm so last. excited. You know, it's but. it's funny that EA is doing this now. Like, I wonder if like they're planning it for a next gen release. I don't know. Like, it doesn't really make sense to me that they're doing it now. Like, is I it, feel like the thirst for th- for that existed years ago. Is it just a remaster? Like, I think it's. I think I don't. There aren't really any concrete details correct me if i'm wrong mike i mean there aren't but i bet it was an hd remaster yeah i don't think they're gonna remake it by any stretch of the imagination it's what the mass effect series needs because the trilogy is the best part of the entire franchise it's the only good part isn't it <laughs> it's yeah. really the only thing outside well, of the trilogy is andromeda right yeah i mean and like the whole hotbed of novels but Oh, well, yeah, they're not going to remaster the novels, I don't think, Mike. I mean, Halo remastered their novel. <laughs> Did they really? Yeah, they remastered uh, Fall of Reach, I think. Wild. <laughs> they actually remastered a novel. But yeah, I don't know if, like, EA is going to put those out as, like, a launch t- launch title for PS5, Xbox Series X. That'd be, like, a really weird, like, timeline, I think, if one of the games I had to look forward to two on my ps5 or xbox was like mass effect 2 you know would you really buy it like oh if it gets remastered i'm buying it 100 percent. i love those games but don't you still have them like i i gave away my 360 and i had them on my 360 so oh okay i was gonna say like if you have them and you can still like you know i still have them on i still have an xbox one and that has back combat so maybe but i might have given away the games too but anyway but you know like super mario 64 getting re-released on the Switch, like, that's a... And the, even Sunshine getting re-released, Galaxy getting re-released, like, that's a huge generational gap to me. Yeah. But a 360 re-release on an Xbox One, that's nothing to me. But <laughs> Well, I don't know. So, like, to be fair there, like, Galaxy was on the Wii, and being that being on the Switch, it's akin to a 360 game being released on the th- Series X, you know? 
Yeah, except the difference between the Switch... Like, uh, that's the difference between standard definition and high definition, which, in my opinion, is a, a big difference between, like, 1080p and 4K. And 4K, or, yeah. Yeah, like... Yeah, I got, I got you there. And also, isn't the Series X going to, like, be able to play Xbox 360 games? Isn't that... Yes, it should be able to, yeah. So it's not even going to be, like, getting access to it on your new console. You you will have already had that. It's just a weird choice. I, I'm not one who typically buys remasters, though, so I'm not I'm not the guy to be talking about this. I do for games I really like. Like, yeah, uh, like, I, like I said, I'm going to buy the Mario one. I bought the Uncharted trilogy remastered, and I really appreciate it. They like actually made gameplay changes to one to make it more in line with the other two, and well, they don't really you look bumped. Like a goofball now that they gave it away for free. Yeah, but you can say that about most things. You know, yeah. eventually everything becomes free. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. Speaking of Uncharted, do we think we're gonna see Uncharted five anytime soon? Probably uh, not. I, I mean, maybe. I didn't know, I, the whole leak and everything regarding The Last of Us had me, like, digging through, like, uh, not digging through, but, like, reading people's opinions on what makes up Naughty Dog. And I guess and they have two Amy teams. Hennig. Yeah. Amy Hennig is gone. She's not there anymore. So she left after Uncharted 3. Um, so, like, what happened, I know a little bit about this. So there was some sort of internal conflict uh early development for uncharted 4 and ultimately that resulted in amy hennig leaving the company and them completely scrapping what they had on uncharted 4 and at that point they had already put out a trailer for uncharted 4 it was like just like a teaser right oh well if uncharted 4 was okay without her then i'm less worried because uncharted 4 was fine yes but um they they scrapped all of their work, so that first trailer for Uncharted 4 is actually based on the original vision of the game, and so that's completely like debunked, non-canon, whatever you want to call it. That's um, cool. And then they, I think they obviously reused elements, because I think Nate's brother was always a thing, but they, I get the sense that he was originally supposed to be an antagonist in the old version, and they kind of repurposed him to not really be that spoilers, I guess, for Uncharted 4. Um, but, um, but yes, by and large, uh, Early Uncharted 4 development is when Amy Hennig left the company. And she actually went to, I think, EA? I think she went Ooh. to work... I think she went to actually be the like one of the lead writers on the new Star Wars game. Star Ooh, Wars... That's awesome. Star Wars 1313, remember? And that one got cancelled. So I feel really bad for oh. Amy Hennig, actually. Yeah. She's a supremely talented individual. She gave us Uncharted's 1 through 3, right? Like... A yeah. lot of what those games would not be those games without Amy Hennig. Yeah, I mean, and Uncharted One would not have been anything without its amazing writing, because yeah. the gameplay in that is just. Oh okay. yeah, now Amy Hennig is now writing uh, films for Skydance Media. Okay, she was she cool. was in EA for like three years. It's kind of sad yeah, to see that. Yeah, it sucks industry, that but. you know. Th- I don't know if you guys remember the demo for Star Wars thirteen thirteen, but that game looked really good, and I think a lot of what you know didn't make it out uh, a lot of assets for that game ended up going to jedi fallen order i get the sense that that happened don't quote me on that but 1313 was the boba fett game project ragtag was what henning was working on with visceral mm-hmm. okay yeah i just had but, to clarify the air real quick but yeah like un- like when i saw footage of 1313 for the first time i was like this is basically star wars uncharted and i'm totally all about it but I never saw the light of day, so. 
Well, here we are. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I don't see Uncharted Five being a launch title though. Back uh, to yeah. our original point, we would have we'd have heard. Well, no, we wouldn't have heard. They no. would not announce Uncharted They're... Five before The Last of Us Part Two came out. But but that I I think I've mentioned this on the show before. I don't think Naughty Dog is going to be working on Uncharted Five. I think it's going to be another first party studio. Yeah. Um, but I do think yeah I I agree it's not coming out at launch. Uh, probably twenty. I, I could see twenty twenty one twenty two. Maybe. Yeah, it's hard to say now because uh, I feel like a lot of game development's been kind of thrown out of whack. So like even True. stuff that was in development, we don't know with all the uncertainty in the world. Yeah, but like as far but I think enough about first parties. What can we think about third parties that we might potentially see tomorrow on C- Series X? Like I, mean, I I I know we're gonna see Assassin's Creed. Um, we're probably uh, going to see Call of Duty. I'm imagining. I bet Call of Duty Modern Warfare gets a release. That like the new one, Modern Warfare. Or oh no, I I I imagine they have a new game for the fall, right? You'd think uh, so. Maybe, but Modern Warfare. I think Battle. What, what's it called? Warzone. I think oh, Warzone, Warzone is like printing money for them right now. Right. So Warzone is actually completely separate from Modern Warfare proper, right? So like yeah, they no. said, yes, they've said no. that. You have to down. You have to have Modern Warfare installed to play Warzone, but Modern Warfare as a game mode is free, sort of like how Fortnite Battle sure Royale is that? free. Yes, because I've I've been playing it. Well, they they put out a re- uh, statement right recently that said that Warzone is going to be something they intend to focus on and develop for years to come, and it'll be an offering alongside the standard Call of Duty. So uh, well, to get it right now, you have to have Modern Warfare, like. You know, I, I look at a menu full of options I can't select because I have Modern Warfare installed without owning it. Like, Okay, interesting. So I wonder yeah. how that's going to work then. And also a lot of people have like 200 gigs installed just to I play Warzone. Like, I feel though, like they'll throw it a standalone. Yeah, it, it must be. But oh, okay, glad... so, okay, so just a quick Google search. Warzone can be installed both as an update to Call of Duty Modern Warfare or as a free standalone game for players who don't own Modern Warfare. Really? So I okay, think. Well, I'm still looking. Like, I may not have the rest of the game installed, but I still see a main menu that is definitely Modern Warfare. Okay. Like, well, in any in any case, like their intent going forward is to have you know their typical yearly Call of Duty release, and then like you know they, they want to turn Warzone into like a platform kind of like Fortnite. Mm-hmm. It won't happen, by the way. <laughs> also, tangent. Have any of you been following Fortnite lately at all? Yeah, they um they have, I mean, they're having like they announced recently concert, like 355 they? million people have played it, like 5% of the world's population has played Fortnite. Yeah, that's insane, but what I was getting at was more what Mike said about that concert. So uh, yeah, I've heard of that, but I don't know anything about it. So apparently they had like I forget what artist it was, but they had someone perform virtually in Fortnite Travis and Scott. Travis Scott. Travis they Scott. did Marshmallow first, and then, and then they had Scott. I think they had 17 million plus people in attendance. Does that sound right? I think that's the number. That's a lot. But that's just obscene to me, and and that really kind of piques my interest because I think Fortnite is evolving into something more now than just a battle royale. Oh yeah, especially with the addition of party mode or whatever. Exactly right. Like it's becoming like a. Do you guys remember like PlayStation Home back in the early days of the PS3? I do. I was yeah. I thought it was super cool, but it didn't end up being anything. Maybe it was ahead of its time, you know? Like I cuz I feel like Fortnite's sort of turning into like 
what that should have been. Like, I think Fortnite's going to be a place, like a hangout spot, a virtual hangout spot. Um, obviously, the Battle Royale thing will continue and keep getting updated, but I think they're now pushing this new social aspect of it. And I could see maybe in, like, you know, five, seven years in the future, like, when VR is more consumer-friendly and, like, more, you know, high-end VR is more consumer-friendly, I could even see it being, like, a VR space, too. Yeah, I think that'd be really cool. I I like Fortnite for its, like, art style, and it's, like, I don't know. I just don't like building. Like, I like everything Fortnite is doing. I love the goofiness. I love all of that. I just don't really like building when I'm shooting stuff. It's the only reason yeah. I don't play it. So, I guess, do, do you know what exactly party mode is? Like, is there any competitive aspect to it, or is it just a hangout space? I, like, I think it is. It's just a hangout space, as far as I know. Okay. Yeah, I've never played it or anything. Yeah, it's I so just interesting that it exists. I really, I think Epic is so impressive because I, I think they keep finding ways to make Fortnite interesting and relevant and have it evolve in, in, in cool ways that were really kind of un, unexpected. Yeah, I think, I think the real killer to me is that they haven't done anything incredibly stupid yet. Yeah, it really just and seems like no they make company, all the right moves. Yeah, no company has ever in games made it this long without doing something yeah. really stupid. It's yeah, it's it is kind of baffling to me. I think whoever the management is at Epic is 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 really kind of a valuable guy. Or Sweeney girl. himself. Yeah, Sweeney. <laughs> He's a god. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, he knows what the people want. Hey, we know Fortnite's going to be on launch for PS5, Xbox Series X. Oh, yeah, of course. Go. PUBG probably will be, too. Is PUBG still relevant? I hate to, you know, put that out there, but, like, is it? Not nearly as much as Fortnite, yeah. even though I like it more, but. Yeah, and, it, like, I don't know, like, I see something it, like Warzone come out, and I hear people really like it, but I think, like, what can it do to compete with Fortnite? Like, yeah, and that's the thing. It can't, because it's not as good. I, I've played it, and it's just not as good as Fortnite. It's really not. It doesn't have... It's not It's not charming. It's not... I don't know. I, yeah, I thought it was the thing. Exactly I think that's I the kind of market it was going for. Like, maybe someone wanted, like, a gritty, realistic battle royale. You know? Yeah, but in that case, like it's, PUBG. Just not as good as, it's just not as good as PUBG, which is the opposite of what I expected. I expected it to be a way better version of PUBG. Yeah, but it's just kind of less interesting to me. I don't know why. I think I think the closest anyone got to Fortnite is Apex Legends. Yeah, and then they I got think, very close. I feel like, but and but I don't know how relevant they are now. Like, is Apex Legends still a thing? I'm mean, I'm sure it's still getting updated, but like, how popular is it? Yeah, I never hear about anybody playing it or anything, or see anybody on my friends list playing it. Yeah, I loved it for the the time it was relevant. Yeah, it was really fun to play. Um, I don't know anybody that plays Fortnite either, though. So yeah, that's the thing. I, I know think people that Fortnite play Apex has, over Fortnite. I think Fortnite has firmly skewed its de- demographic like much younger than us. Um, See, I'm not. It, I think it's targeting I, yeah. like the Minecraft generation. You know, like I feel the age we the were when we, generation. You know, that's what I'm saying. The age we were when we discovered Minecraft. Like this is their Fort. Uh, this is their Minecraft essentially. Fortnite, I think. Yeah, I think that's a little bit true. Although, like. I also know Fortnite got a lot of, like... Actually, I don't even know if that's true. Fortnite was the first time I knew that a lot of people... Like, people I know and stuff that I wouldn't have thought of as gamers posting pictures of Victory Royales and stuff. Yeah. It broke the mainstream. 
But I don't know if oh, they got a PlayStation to play Fortnite or if Fortnite was just <laughs> what got them talking about it. Like, and I feel like the latter is more likely. Well, I don't see why they'd buy, like, if they really didn't have any kind of gaming console, like Fortnite's on everything. You could play Fortnite on your phone, your tablet, well, this your was laptop. way before it came out on mobile. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, even before it came out on everything, it was still so popular. Yeah, I mean, it's been... I, I, I think even on this show, I said that it, I didn't think it was going to last, and that was three years ago? Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's firmly in, it's firmly entrenched itself as, like, a platform now. I mean, like, I, I feel like it's, it's lasted longer anywhere. than Minecraft. Like, it's been bigger than Minecraft for longer at this point. Mm, that's... I don't know if I can get behind that. I mean, Minecraft... Minecraft I would argue Minecraft's still relevant. No, it, it stopped being relevant for like six years, and then it popped back up recently. Yeah, because it's 10th anniversary. Mm. I guess that is true, even anecdotally. Like, like, I know a lot of friends now that play Minecraft, but like for the past several years, they weren't really touching it too much. So Yeah, same. And I like I I've been itching to get back into it recently. I'm just yeah. waiting for somebody like actually set up you know something. Um, you know this being like the perfect time to make one of those right. Like my friend, one of my friends made a server on PlayStation called Quarantine Craft, and like you know <laughs> yeah. there's like you know half a dozen of us or so. Well, PlayStation finally has cross-platform now, right? With everybody yeah, else. Yeah, Minecraft's cross-platform and everything. Yeah. So. But yeah, like, I uh. Although, in the same vein as Minecraft, uh, Terraria, a game that came out, you know, around yeah. similar time, it's getting its final update uh, in a little over a week, uh, but don't 10 they days. Always, don't they say final update, like, a lot? They have said yeah. final update several times, yes. But this, I mean, this is at least, I am confident. The last time they said final update, I think, was 1.3. They said final update after 1.2, and I think it was because he, like, had a kid or something. Okay. And then, you know, I guess he had more time than he thought he would, and he had more ideas. <laughs> they released 1.3. 1.3, they didn't, like, really say it was the final update that I know of, but it was so big that the community was like, there's there's no way. Yeah. Now, 1.4, Journey's End is what they're calling it, and Terraria 2 is already confirmed to be in production. So oh, like, that's exciting. Yeah, Terraria 2 was confirmed around the time 1.3 came out, which I think is why people thought 1.3 would be the the last hurrah. Yeah. 1.3 also, like, significantly added a final boss to the game. Which Not it didn't so really final anymore, before. I guess. Uh, actually, it likely is still the final boss. Okay. Uh, I believe most of Journey's End stuff is uh, kind of along the way. Because Terraria is a huge game, so they don't always add stuff to the end. Sometimes they inject stuff in the middle. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to trying that out. Because my experience with Terraria, I think, is just the base game. And, like, ba- barely even scratching the surface of that. So Yeah, Terraria is a... I, I, I'm very excited. I don't know if... Oh, yeah, I did mention this to you guys. They're adding mod support, which is just huge. Like, Terraria is... I've always known that it had mods and stuff, but, like... The barrier to entry was just slightly high enough that I never really bothered with it. Yeah. But uh, they're adding... It's not real mod support. It's like they're packaging T-Mod Loader with the game, which is a fan-made thing. I don't really understand it. Like, I don't. I, t- to be honest, I couldn't tell you the difference between this and official mod support, because this looks an awful lot like official mod support to me. Mm-hmm. 
Well, but yeah, there are all with kinds of official mod arguments. support with official mod support. This game's effectively just going to last forever now, which is which is cool. Yeah, or at least until Terraria 2 comes out and does everything but better, which yeah. I think is quite likely. I, I yeah, I just can't imagine Terraria 2 not because every single update for Terraria has been just crazy good. Like, like 1.1 came out and. Literally, that that was when uh, hard mode got added, right, Mike? Do you know? Uh, th- no, th- maybe. I think 1.1 literally doubled the game. Like everything that was in the base game feels like a tutorial to me now. That's like, oh yeah, crazy. 1.1 was hard mode. Yeah, the entire yeah, like the entire base of the game feels like you're working up to fight the wall of flesh. Which is like a finale boss sort of thing they added for the beginning of the game. And then the entire game world goes through a dramatic change. Everything gets way harder. And, and in my opinion, that's when the game really starts. And that was 1.1. 1.2 was just as significant. 1.3 was just as significant. God, I'm so excited to play Terraria. And that's, I couldn't tell you what awesome. 1.4 does because I haven't spoiled much for myself. Other than like some quality of life stuff. Yeah. And that's another thing they've kept, like, where they ported, like, they ported Terraria to console, and so they were like, oh, these controller controls aren't bad, let's bring that back to the PC version. And, like, you know, different quality of life stuff that came up in the porting process, they all they always brought it back to PC. And the consoles are a little bit behind, but, uh, you know, they've been receiving all the updates as well. It's just incredible that the game's made it this far, because I remember I didn't want to buy it. The, the reason Minecraft made me think of it was because um, one of my friends originally pitched it to me as Minecraft in 2D, and I told him that sounded stupid and I wasn't going to buy it. <laughs> but then I saw that it was only $2.50, and I was like, well, even even I as a, a lowly 8th grader can scrounge up, like, <laughs> 10 quarters to buy it. <laughs> Steam, take my money. Here's my quarters. It might be the first game I bought on Steam. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's definitely one of the first, like, ten. Yeah. Incidentally, yeah, so. I, I think I'm glad that... I think, so far, at least, Microsoft's had the foresight to not make a Minecraft 2. And just, like, improve on Minecraft. Because I, I don't think Minecraft 2 is a good idea. Unlike Terraria. Because, like, Terraria has, has a little more... Uh, I guess Terraria structure has, to it. Than so Minecraft just didn't want to make a Terraria two, uh, essentially. Uh, but he started hitting a wall uh, with the engine he had made for Terraria one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's why so stuff he wanted to do. And I I have a feeling some of the stuff he wants to do in Terraria two will kind of be related to uh, my uh, game I want to talk about uh, that I've been playing this week. But uh, basically like some more complex like interactions between blocks and liquids and stuff Mm -hmm. because right now there's some cool stuff in terraria like you know your plants have to be partially submerged in water or lava sometimes for them to grow correctly and like stuff like that but like there's no real interactions there's no chemistry there's no like breath of the wild level chemistry sort of stuff doesn't really happen in terraria yeah and uh it's been shown that that stuff's possible now so I imagine they're going to want to do some cool stuff like that because it's the perfect game for it. Nice. I just hope that um, Terraria 2 doesn't do the thing a lot of sequels do, is, which is take content out 
uh, of the original game and then maybe add it in later as an expansion? I mean, I think it's almost... I'm almost certain that it will not... Terraria 2 will not be as big as Terraria 1.4 on launch. I just can't imagine that. That would be insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think they're going to... I mean, I think it'll be different enough that it won't matter. Like, I don't think it'll be an improvement on Terraria. I think it'll be its own game. Like, like Terraria has this whole side of it where you're, like, fighting the corruption, kind of. And just just changing the corruption to something else... Like, they, they originally had a game called Terraria Otherworld that was coming out, and it's the big difference was, instead of you preventing the spread of the corruption in Terraria Otherworld, the corruption had already won, and you were taking the world back. And that was, like, to me, a significant enough change that, like, even if they had removed stuff, it was a totally different game at that point. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited for it, either way. And I'm super excited for 1.4, because Terraria is one of those games... I mean, it's my most played game on Steam, and... uh you know, it's your I, it's your number one game of uh, the the generation, right? I think we talked uh, about that, right? More than the generation, it's my number one the game decade, yeah, of the decade, and it's probably my number two game of all time. Yeah, second only to Sonic Adventure Two Battle. Oh, please be joking. No, I think I think for games I've spent the most time with, games that are really like super nostalgic and my favorite games, I think it goes Sonic Adventure Two Battle and then Terraria. God. And then probably like I Minecraft really don't want to take your Rocket opinion League. seriously. <laughs> uh, okay. I know. Okay, I know. So I, know a, I, I know. There's a lot of you out there. Objectively, Sonic Adventure Two Battle is not a good game, and I know that. Okay. Yeah, I, I get that feeling. You know, you love trash, even though you know yeah. you know it's Terraria. Trash. However, earned its place. Yeah. Uh, nostalgia free. If Terraria, if I played it for the first time tomorrow, I'm confident that it would be in the same spot in the Pantheon. Yeah, it's just an amazing game, and it's so big, and there's so much to it. It has its flaws. Uh, it's a little grindy, but uh, it's just. Ugh. I can't wait to jump back in. Do you want to seg into what you've been playing? Because you said it was related to ter- Terraria. Yeah, sure. So, um, it's only sort of tangentially related to Terraria, but I uh, and you guys may have heard of this game. It's an early access. It's called Noita. Actually, I have not. I have heard of it, yeah. So, uh, the best way I can pitch this game is... Imagine... Like, do you know the old, like, JavaScript... Or not JavaScript. The old Flash games, like Falling Sand? Uh, I'm familiar with old Flash games. Okay, so... What they're like... like. Well, Falling Sand, in particular, was a game where, like, you could just dump, like, a ton of tiny particles, basically... And they all had collisions, essentially, and it was like making sand art. Yeah. And Noida answers the question, what if that was a roguelike? You play as the Noita, which is Finnish for witch, and you essentially go through this world, and their tagline is, every pixel is simulated. So it's a 2D game, and like you play as a witch, and you find these wands, and these wands have spells on them, and these spells are things like bombs or fireballs or something. And they all affect the world, like, in serious ways. Like, a bomb is going to blow dirt away and cause shrapnel a little bit. Uh, A fire is going to burn wood. There's oil in the world that can catch fire, and then you've got a fire that's going to be there for a while. There's whiskey. Whiskey will burn quick and hot and damage enemies around you. And and it's just this super deep game with uh, just a a super—like, Breath of the Wild level interaction systems going on. Like, fire burns— 
and create smoke. Smoke can choke you. Uh, water going into fire can put out the fire, but it also creates steam. And if enough steam pools somewhere, then it'll start raining there. Like, yeah, it and sounds, can drown phys- in steam. Physics engine sounds crazy, but like, what what is it though? Like, you, so, so so far, it just sounds like a simulation. Well, you, you play as the the witch, the Noida, and you gather these wands that have spells, and they're, they're enemies. Like, you, you're going into this mountain, and you're trying to fight your way down to the bottom of this mountain, and it's a roguelike. So, you know, you start off with only 100 health and pretty crappy wands, and you're trying to find new wands and, uh, work, you know, better, newer, better wands and uh, shoot your way through this mountain with yeah. enemies that have, like, shotguns and rocket launchers, and they're, like, giant bugs and stuff, and there's a boss at the end that I've never gotten to. And uh, it, it's kind of hard to explain. Uh, the combat, the reason I say it's like Terraria is because the combat is almost exactly like Terraria. Uh, you know, you're flying okay. around in 2D and shooting basically the whole game. But uh, every run is so completely different because you don't just find wands. There's there's a system with these spells and they like... Like you, you probably played like Binding of Isaac or something and you know yeah. how things have synergy. Mm-hmm. Uh, things in Noita do not have hard-coded symmetry. So it's like there's a set of rules for every spell at like some spells when they collide with something they trigger the next spell in the list so you could like do a ricochet almost or like there's an explosion spell that if you use it on your wand it'll just explode you and kill you but if you attach it to a projectile that triggers another spell then suddenly you can cast this really weak projectile but when it hits it's going to cause an explosion and like god there are things that allow you to cast multiple spells at once wands have a ton of stats like cast time recharge time max mana mana charge rate like there's so many numbers to keep up with and um you only really can heal between floors there are a couple of exceptions to that but for the most part there's a finite number of times you can heal yourself in this game like health is incredibly scarce Mm -hmm. and 100 health is not very much like one shotgun blast can do as much as 14 damage to you if not more, and a fire, you know, a fire can kill you almost instantly. I almost always keep my clothes wet in the game because that repels fire. But okay. um, it, it's a weird game because the flow is just so weird. Because like one minute you're you're this, you know, you're like jumping out of cover and lobbing a couple of bolts or something. But then you can find a wand, and like like the community I think calls them god wands because sometimes. The synergies are just so good that suddenly you're, you know, they're running from you. You're just an absolute monster tearing through this. But you never really, or at least I've never been able to get enough health that every move, every move counts the entire time I'm playing. Like, because there are a couple of things that can just almost instantly kill you at any point. Like, uh, if you get frozen and then get meleeed, that's an instant death. Doesn't matter how much health you have. Uh, there's something called polymorph, which turns you into another creature, uh, and you have that creature's HP and weaknesses. So, like, if you get polymorphed into a fire monster and then get hit by water, you're dead. Like, it's just, you have to be super careful. The whole game is super tense. And, like, you're thinking about all these different systems the whole time you play it. And, uh, and it's a big game. There's, like, I think seven or eight core areas that you have to fight through to get to the boss. But then... That's like that's like the middle third of the world in the game. 
but the whole world is full of stuff and secrets. And, uh, you know, to beat the game, to roll the credits, you only have to fight your way down this, like, very structured roguelike section, which is, like, super linear. And, uh, like, there, there's this stuff called brickwork that you can't really break. But eventually you find spells and realize you can break brickwork. And when you do that, like, the gods get mad at you, which is sort of like in Spelunky when you anger the shopkeeper. And uh, there's an enemy waiting for you at the bottom of every floor, but now you suddenly have the ability to move back to previous areas, and you can even go back up to the surface and find out that there's stuff to do on the surface so, now that you're more so powerful. So this, this bit almost sounds Metroidvania-ish. Kinda, except you don't keep anything. Like, when you die, it's all gone. Yeah. Like, but it's it's weird. It's a weird roguelike because <clears throat> a run that actually gets to see most of this stuff is probably going to be like six hours long. Like, to actually get a god wand, to actually, like, get to the bottom and get all the powerful stuff and then work your way back up and get to experience yeah. the world on the surface and all, you're going to be playing forever. And most of my runs are only, like, 40 minutes long. Because I, I get creamed. Yeah. I've made it almost to the end of the, like, core floors, but it, it's super fun, and I'm not doing it justice because it's really hard to explain what's fun, what's fun about it. But yeah, the the level of like systems interaction has definitely got me peaked. I think because like, yeah. have you have you ever played like, um, Magica? I have not. So what you were describing kind of sounds like that. Like, because in Magica you have like all these different elements and like spells, and you can combine them and like, and they have like all sorts of effects, and like some of them are logical. Like if you combine like. You know, water and fire, you have a steam spell, but, like, some of them are crazy, and, like... See, that's the thing about Noita, is that if you understand the rules, it's all totally logical. You never yeah. you never make a spell that does something you wouldn't expect unless you misunderstood the rules at some point. Like, even if you're looking at spells you've never seen before, if you understand the fundamental rules, you should know what's going to happen. And that's important, because... If you didn't, if that wasn't true, then it would feel really unfair when you pick up the explosion wand and it just explodes and instantly kills you. <laughs> like, which has yeah. happened to me. But I know that it was my fault because I didn't check what spells were on the wand before I used it. It's uh, it's super cool. I would suggest you guys check it out. It's indie. It's made by the same developers as um, uh, Moonbase Alpha, I think it's called. Uh, Baba is You. Oh, Okay. Uh, Crayon Physics Deluxe. Baba is you is excellent. Yeah, it is. And uh, Noita is way better. <laughs> wow, that's, no that's Noita is phenomenal. Like I, I mean, I bought it like Thursday or Friday or something, and I've put uh, let me heart the kimono a little bit here and just check my numbers. It was over thirty hours on Monday. Dang. Uh, 31 hours, yes. I haven't gotten to play a ton since I started working this week, but yeah. 31 hours of Noida. In one weekend. That's uh, rare for a game to do. Yeah, like, this it, is it's like rare when first... that happens, but it's great when it happens. This is the first game. Doom Eternal did it a tiny bit, but other than that, this is the first game I've played in years that I've like totally lost track of time. Like I would sit down and play it, and suddenly it's like 3 in the morning. And I yeah. don't even realize, like, you know, that it's nighttime. <laughs> like, all right. So let me go into what I've been playing. 
But before I want to do that, I want to give a shout out to something that's kind of been ongoing. So I mentioned that Minecraft server we made, like the quarantine server. And an interesting development happened on that server that I don't think I've shared with you guys yet. So, okay, so this is a bit of a story. So I was um, basically, like, uh, there's a bunch of us on that server, right? So I'm basically living with my friend in, like, a, a, in a dirt hovel in squalor. That's just yeah. kind of our thing. But and we have, like, a chest full of, like, treasures and stuff, but we still, like, live in the dirt hut. A real Danny DeVito. Uh, yeah. Exactly. That's exactly. If, if, if you picture Charlie and Frank from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and that's exactly what this is. But uh, one of our other friends, Alex, he joins the server, right? And then he just, like, loots us both and, <laughs> and runs away. So we're like, okay, this isn't going to fly because, like, even though we, we, we live in squalor, we have, like, very powerful items like full diamond and, like, locator maps and such. So we we start hunting him down, and it was an epic chase uh, that involved the crossing of many many seas and traversing through many continents. Um, we had several. I don't know if you guys know how maps in Minecraft work, but like once we filled out a map, we'd just make a new one and then continue the hunt because like we'd know the general direction he was in. We just uh, kept filling out maps until we reached him. And then we finally quartered him. Uh, he was on a beach. He wasn't really expecting anything. He was just, like, making some armor, I believe. And then the three of us just, like, lunge out of a jungle and chase him into the ocean. Uh, and he starts swimming away. And, we, and um, actually, this is kind of crazy. So, like, um, when he's swimming away, right, we're on boats. So we, like, gain on him pretty quick. But then he just dives underwater to avoid us. And obviously has to surface for air. Uh, so... During those periods where he surfaced for air, we try and kill him. But, like, uh, something crazy that happened. So he surfaces, and then, like, I'm coming at him hard, and I'm about to take a swing at him with my sword. And then, like, uh, one of my friends who's also chasing him, he, like, swings at him, misses, and it hits me, and it crashes my game. So in the midst of that confusion, he somehow gets away. How did it crash your game? I have no idea, but, like... Uh, long story short, we finally corner him, and then we mercilessly kill him. Um, and we we decided that that was so fun, we formalized uh, hunts on the server. Oh my god! <laughs> so now, uh, we formalized the process where one of us starts out with nothing but, uh, I think, an uh, an axe, I believe, and a pickaxe, like a like a wooden axe and a pickaxe. They start out with nothing else else but those they have 30 minutes to do whatever they need to they they can like go into the mines and mine for materials they can just straight up run as far as they can in any direction any permutation of that but they start out with an axe and a pickaxe they have 30 minutes to do whatever and then the hunting party comes after them and uh this entire process has, has turned into such like a fun game mode that we regularly do now we go on hunts all the time i've been hunted several times and it's just oh a class. That's so funny. And I think it's it's funny that like it's it's both funny that like him stealing from us led to this discovery, and it's also great that like we just like invented this awesome kind of mode in Minecraft, and it's just a testament to Minecraft that it's versatile enough for like things like that to be discovered. Yeah. Um. 
but yeah, I just kind of wanted to share that with you guys. Like the hunts on our server are are legendary things that need to be spread. But anyways, so the actual game I've been playing, uh, besides Minecraft, is uh, One Piece Pirate Warriors 4. Really? So, so the Pirate Warriors game, so actually, first of all, do you guys know what a Warriors game is? Yeah, like a so, Hyrule Warriors type thing. Dragon yeah, Dynasty Warrior. Warriors. Dynasty yes. Warriors, sorry. Yeah. So these kind of games all have like a certain flavor about them. In which that the gameplay is all basically just a power fantasy. It's just you versus hordes and hordes of enemies, and you just mow them all down and perform special attacks and take them out. Like it's it's not very deep gameplay wise, but it's very satisfying. And when you couple that with like an IP or a series or something that you're really into, it can be a really fun sort of like. Uh, I, I it's not like in. in it's not like a meaningful game by any stretch of the imagination, but it's like a really fun distraction, right? So like obviously this is a One Piece Warriors game. So there's like 30, 40 plus characters. There's a lot of One Piece characters you can play as. And there are, you know, dozens and dozens of levels uh taken straight from the story of One Piece and you just uh play as One Piece characters and mow down mow down enemies and it's a lot of fun. Um and that's pretty much all I have to say about it. I don't know if Anyone here has watched One Piece or heard of One Piece, but um, One Piece is a series where there's tons of different powers and like a huge variety of fighting styles. So that really kind of lends itself well to this kind of game because like no two characters feel the same at all, uh, and everyone has a really distinct flavor. And I, I will say the the creators of this game really sort of nailed the feel of each character, especially Luffy, whose uh, whose powers are feel just feel just right. I think. Uh, so I think if you're a fan of One Piece, definitely pick up this game. And I and I hear uh, from uh, Warriors game enthusiasts that the Pirate Warriors One Piece games does the Warriors genre better than almost everyone else. So take that hmm. for what you will. Um, if you're are they the not Warriors all made game. by the same people? No, I don't think. So. Well, actually, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was question. like Dynasty Warriors just took on other IPs sometimes and. That might be true. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too sure. But anyways, yep. That's uh, that's what I've got this week. How about you, Mike? So I'm expanding on what I was talking about last week with Valorant. I put several 13, 14 hour streams into the game, and oh man. Oh wow. Has it's gotten deeper as the more the more I play it. Like the abilities are actually clicking for me. But, Several 13, 14 hour streams. That's that's yeah. that's huge. You gotta you gotta work the grind now. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> so Valorant Valorant's still like in its beta, right? When does the beta yeah. end? Uh, or beta does it... ends probably in the summer, sometime in the summer, and then it'll go to the full release. Okay, so it's going right into full release. It's not uh, yeah, taking I some think... time off. It's Riot Games. There, it, it'll release oh, yeah. in air quotes, and then it'll still be in beta. Yeah, <laughs> it's what normal free to play games do. So, any kind of like new insights from your additional time to it? Like, it's who's, hard. Your favorite, who's your favorite? Uh, I guess character or class or whatever. Honestly, I've been gravitating more towards like the more aggressive playstyle characters. Mhm. Especially one who has a grenade and or a rocket launcher. <laughs> like, yeah. you never expect that to work well, but it works. Yeah, I've seen a lot of gameplay, like, and I, 
I, I mean, I watched a couple streamers, and the streamer I watched um, almost always used that character with, like, the ability to... They have, like, a bone arrow, and they attach, like, oh, so ra- radar to the arrow, right? So when you shoot it, like, it, it pings all the enemies around. Yeah. Yeah, I've also been playing a character whose entire stick is Walls of Toxin, <laughs> which would would make sense that they'd be, like, moderately lethal. None of it's lethal. None of it's it, lethal? It does, like, DK damage down to, like, one health, but when you leave it, all that damage goes away. Oh, really? So, <laughs> it's more of a, don't step in here because I might be in here camping, because I'm immune to that venom. Mm. Less, I'm going to discourage you from walking to this area because you're just going to walk right through it. It's more for vision control than for deterrence. That's kind of how it was in uh, Apex Legends too. There was a similar character. So how many how many characters are there in the beta? I'm just curious. Uh, eight or nine. Eight or nine. I have to look. And there's teams of like four on each team. Five. It's five five. five. Okay. So there's like some overlap there. Yeah, and there's some agents that are way better than others. Like Sova's top tier because of his info. Because it's yeah. an information game. Yeah. Communication is super important, and so is, you know, knowing where everyone is at all times. So characters that have cameras or have a reliable way of giving you information of what's on the other side of that wall before you walk in are super valuable. But because, you you opt for the rocket launchers and grenades. Yeah, because I like killing. <laughs> I want to go in there and not think about... Oh man, I gotta throw a recon dart in there. I want to think about okay, I'm gonna throw the grenade in this corner, throw my Roomba at this corner, and then start shooting. Your Roomba? Yeah, it's an explosive Roomba. Okay. It it also spots people. It's really valuable because I'll bounce it off a corner, and if someone's in that corner, it'll like make a noise and start going a little faster at them, and I know they're there even if they destroy it. So even though it doesn't kill them, I know they're there. So I can- yeah instantly check that corner yeah i mean i'm sensing a i don't know like there's definitely the 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 reliance on information and awareness has definitely is one of the things that's carried over from league of legends i think yeah uh, i think might be riot might just be really good at structuring a game around those concepts it's also gotten all the toxicity from every shooter community in the world yeah i kind of heard about that game and it, well, I I, I kind of heard about the fact that like the the trademark Riot Games League toxicity made its way over. Oh no, this is worse. Yeah, it's it's only in ranked though. Like in unrated, I'll just have a chill conversation with people, and we'll just be like, "Ah, oh, that's stupid, but that's hilarious." Like there was a whole battle where two people were emptying like magazines worth of ammunition at each other and just couldn't hit each other. We weren't yelling at them; we were laughing at it. Yeah, I'm, but, like, I think the ex- expectation is that Unranked is, like, where the goofing off happens. Yeah. But, like, that's not to say that, like, there's no excuse for toxicity, but like, I'm just saying, like, that's to be expected more in Unranked, that I the fact into, that there's no toxicity. I hopped into a couple ranked games, and there was zero communication. I'd say something, and I'd get no reply. <laughs> it was not a good time. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I've just been playing unranked until ranked fixes itself because it also is not placing people where they should be placed. Yeah. So I mean, you get like a pro player at the bottom of the rankings. 
Yeah. The last time we so last episode we talked about Valorant quite a bit, and I mentioned I hadn't seen it yet. But you know, obviously since then I've watched some streams of it and like looked at the gameplay. And I, I think I can firmly say that this game isn't for me, but I, I respect it for what it is. Um, but I, I just don't think, like, the, I guess, CSGO-style, like, hyper-competitive-style shooter is my kind of thing. I'm still interested in checking it out, but I don't watch Twitch enough to ever get a <laughs> get a get an invitation like or whatever. two hours to get the drop-ish. Yeah. I don't watch. I'm never gonna watch two hours of Twitch. I just left a stream running while I was streaming League. I think. Mm. Like I just have <laughs> it on my second monitor, just existing. Yeah. So what's this? I don't know if we want to get into this, but what's this about the uh, the games crashing due due to the anti cheat? It wasn't the game crashing. It's um the uh, the anti cheat in Valorant. Or Valorant, or however it's pronounced. Um, right, Vanguard. It's like kernel level, and uh, it's Is it crashing your computer. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's when not people crashing. were starting when people were it's, starting up their PC, it was disconnecting or disabling all of their peripherals, including keyboard and mouse. So like it was soft wrecking their PC, mm. and it was only certain peripherals too. I think it has something to do with the anti cheat being a little aggressive with certain softwares and drivers. Yeah, I'm I'm just a little frustrated that they didn't just go with someone else's anti-cheat because from what I've heard, nobody really trusts Riot to make a functional client, much less a kernel level <laughs> anti-cheat. I mean, the, the anti-cheat it does its job. Yeah. Somewhat. Not in ranked. I don't think they put bandwaves out through yet. Hmm. It would be yeah, kind of I just don't do think it's working. Yet. And I don't know if it's worth it for unless it literally worked 100%. I don't know if it's really worth it to trust them with that much. The thing is, a lot of anti cheats for shooters are kernel level access, so people making I, like, yeah a big kernel deal levels. Is, kernel level is not my issue. My issue it's is by its competence. <laughs> like yeah. it's one thing, you know, these people that have been like you know, most people don't write their own anti cheat; they license it from someone else. Yeah. And, like, you know, so most people are using, like, easy anti-cheat or something like that, and, like, that tracks. You know, those people have a ton of experience. Riot doesn't, and they don't, like, they don't have a great track record with functionality and stuff from what I've read, so. I mean, I haven't had any trouble with Vanguard, and that's my personal experience. But I have heard reports of it messing with, like, MSI Afterburner, which is kind of an aggressive stance, but I have saw reports that Afterburner does have some vulnerabilities that cheat makers have used to hook cheats into games. Hmm. So it kind of makes sense to block that. And yeah. you can turn back on Afterburner by just flipping something in their settings in Afterburner to disable low-level system access and you'll be set. Like It's just you got to be proactive with cheating, and especially in shooters, because cheating just ruins the game for people. Right, yeah, yeah that's the whole point of the game. So I'd rather have a super aggressive anti-cheat than an anti-cheat that doesn't do its job, like, you know, Valve's anti-cheat. Yeah, that's yeah. a fair argument. Yeah, I mean, cheaters are pretty much why I don't play competitive shooters anymore. I mean, why I don't play competitive shooters anymore is that I'm just no good at them, to be honest. I, I started to get good enough at CSGO that I started running into cheaters, and I immediately lost interest. Mm -hmm. Valve anti-cheat. <laughs> no. It's 
It's not exactly up to par, and I don't think they've done anything with. Oh, actually, they're they're trying to fix it. But I've in my 70, 80 hours of Valorant, I have seen maybe one cheater potentially. It gets hard to tell because there's no like kill cam or spectate. Yeah, that's pretty so, good. I, I sounds pretty good to me. Like that sounds pretty effective. It's the anti cheat. Yeah. I think the way the client works, it also loads agents only when you can see them. So seeing through walls is something that's really hard to program in since you can't see them until they are loaded into the game for you. Mm. Like, I think all their positions are kept track of server side and not client side, which makes sense. Selective calling is really nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's all interesting. Uh, that'd be a difficult thing to implement, but I guess not impossible. Well, anyway. Riot cer- certainly has the resources to do it. Whether they have the skill, that's another question, I guess. But Also, Valorant gun skins are really expensive. That didn't stop me, though. Oh, yeah, I could definitely didn't. see it turning into another CSGO kind of like there's an entire marketplace for skins and whatnot, you know? I mean, I lose all the skins that I bought as soon as the beta launches, but I get like 20% extra currency mm. so anything i buy will be refunded plus 20 percent. that's pretty cool which kind of sucks but you know what i don't mind they got to reset something when the beta launches and i think all these yeah i mean my expectation like, would be are... that you just don't get anything when the game launches right it's cool that they're actually oh. doing something no i get to keep everything that i've <laughs> unlocked actively but anything i bought no Okay, that's that's cool. Like, I'll get to keep my closed beta rewards since I've unlocked all of those. <laughs> nice. But I think any of the skins I've bought, which some skins are like $17 for a single skin, I will lose. Yeah, I mean, like, that's... I mean, I've heard some insane prices for skins, like, in games like CSGO, you know? So it's... I wonder if eventually Valorant's going to reach that kind of kind of status... I mean, I could buy $17 worth of Valorant points to pay for one weapon skin. But I think they're going to reduce the prices on these, because these are all placeholder skins. Okay. And there's not a so lot they, of them. So they're placeholders, but they're still selling for, for like $17? Yeah, they're selling them, but it's also on the expectation that you'll get more money back for buying it in the beta. Yeah. Like, I'm going to make $20, or like, not $20... Like five dollars extra in credits after the beta ends since I spent fifteen on it. Yeah. All right. I think that's gonna do it for us guys. Uh, please follow us at Ad Podcast Game Talk on Twitter. Please click the link in the description of this podcast to join our Discord. Uh, please like, rate, and review us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and any podcast service you may use. Thank you for listening, guys, and we will catch you next time. Bye. I guess.